Hi, I'm Macaulay Jones. Dick Johnson from DJR Team Penske, and you're on Inside Supercar. From the racetracks across Australia, and here's Inside Supercars. Welcome to Inside Supercars, Tony Whitlock and Craig Gravel, and we're joined by one of the long-time regulars in the Supercars paddock. In fact, he's uh, somebody who's been in pre-Supercars time, in a time when they were called V8 Touring Cars and Australian Touring Car Championship. Kevin Fitzsimmons, um, welcome on board, the Operations Manager at Dunlop. You're a man that's uh, been a long time in this paddock, and it's a very different paddock to how when you first started, isn't it? Oh, yeah, is it ever, mate? It's uh, it's uh, a very, very different circus nowadays, but um, the three rings are still there. She's still a three-ring circus, but now it's uh, it's, a, it's a very, very different environment, especially after this year. Now, let's uh, just, your first year was, nine, no, 87? No, 90? Oh, I can't yeah, remember. What year right. was your yeah, first 80, year? 80, 87 was the, the, first, the first year. Um, just did a couple of races that year at Adelaide International with... Uh, with, uh, with Rocky's car sort of thing, and then the Grand Prix, and then the following year, um, you know, Bathurst, um, uh, Bathurst Adelaide Grand Prix again, uh, I think it was Malinar that year from memory, and then um, yeah, the full-time thing started uh, 1990, so uh, Sandown 1990 was the uh, was the, the first of the ones, the, the unbroken record, so um, here we are now, so yeah, I haven't missed a Mr. Race in Sandown 1990, so I uh, had my 30 year anniversary at, uh, at uh, the, the Townsville event this year, which was uh, pretty cool. That is a very cool record to have. And of course, in those days, you worked for that, well, that B tie company, uh, not, not as yeah, in the right. Dunlop, but as in uh, Bridgestone. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, no, um, it's Bridgestone right up until uh, the end of uh, 2001, until the, the control tyre contract swapped over to Dunlop, and then we just changed shirts and came with it. Indeed. Now, the main reason we want to talk to you um, was about the tyre test, which went on yesterday. We'll get to that in a second. Um, but also, I'd like to hark back and get your memories of your time on the road, because uh, uh, it's an extraordinary thing that you and, and many of the Victorian teams did in getting on the road for that 100 plus days um, but we'll talk about that in a second the tyre test happened yesterday at Queensland Raceway two great mates that being uh, Jamie Wincup who was getting into his uh, regular triple eight car and of course Will Davison climbing on board number 17 Mustang for the first time now you've had conversations with both them or just the engineers as a briefing uh, from that uh, test yeah, I've, I've had um, we had one of uh, one of our guys up there who, who's based up in Queensland. Unfortunately, due to the border lock lockout, I wasn't able to uh, to attend the test. But um, uh, you know, the, the data acquisition systems are pretty good now that um, you, you don't sort of have to be um, standing there watching them and looking at them and that. You can sort of see enough over the phone and um, and sort of with the information. So supercars have got. Uh, got all of that that they're collating at the moment and there'll be reams and reams and reams so they have that many sensors on them and internal and external tyre temperature sensors and uh, all sorts of things so um, but they don't normally run it at a, at a supercar event it's just stuff we put on for testing so in little infrared sensors inside the wheels um, so uh, all those sort of um, all that data is collected and everything but uh, the general uh, consensus so far is that it, it may have achieved what supercars want to achieve for the low degradation tracks um, which is you know your, your, your um, Winton uh, Sandown, Tasmania, Darwin that type of place where um, we needed the tyres to drop off I and mean, the racing we had this year at Sydney Motorsport Park and that with the, uh, the the high degradation and that was fantastic you know so it's something we'd like to try and uh, a system to, to replicate if we can um, unfortunately we're very late in the season now due to the fact that we we're all on the road for as long as we were we weren't able to um, have a sidebar and, and, and nick off and do some testing sort of thing at a, at a low deg track it just didn't uh, work out that wise timing wise so Unfortunately, um, here we are, the middle of November. And of course, after Bathurst, the Queensland guys had to uh, had to isolate before they went back into the state. So um, it's a little bit awkward, you know, from that point of view. But anyway, we've got some information now. They're putting that together at the moment. Um, it'll go to uh, the commission people, and they'll make a decision on. All right, oh, yes, we, we would like you to try and get this into production. Then I've got to speak to the factory and see what we can do. So, um, so 
few uh, hurdles to jump over yet and everything, but it certainly uh, it looked promising from from the, all the reports and all the information that was sent to me yesterday. It looks great. So before I start talking to you about production windows, can I ask you, Queensland yesterday, and particularly Queensland Raceway, it was fairly warm. Do ambient conditions, and more particularly track temperature, in a test environment like that, where you don't often have high temperatures on the racetrack, is it a case where, well, yes, the temperatures were higher, but the track got slipperier because that gets the emulsions and everything out of the pavement? Is there those sorts of things you have to all take into account? Yeah, that's right. I mean, you, you did take that into account. I mean, the, I believe the track got up to just over 50 degrees yesterday, so it was certainly pretty warm. But um, this is a tyre we're looking at for Darwin as well, so that's great that it worked um, in, in those conditions um, from, from that point of view. So, um, you know, we, we've just got to sit back and look at it and, and, and try to introduce something to, to – uh, you know, just provide good entertainment. That's that's what you want. I mean, nobody likes the, the follow the leader stuff and everything else like that. And we don't certainly don't want it to become a, a tyre conservation race and everything. But um, I think the the Brains Trust will get behind it and and come up with an idea and say, right, oh, this is what we you know we, we think will work this many tyres. You know, we had the situation this year where the teams were allocated twenty eight tyres. Um, for an event, you have eight for practice. You've then got to do three races on twenty tyres. So we had guys changing left-hand side tyres, right-hand side tyres, only changing three, keeping the, the unloaded tyre for later on and all those type of things. So the, it just throws a bit more of a mix in. It gets people thinking, which is uh, always a good thing. And, um, you know, from, from from that point of view, it provided fantastic entertainment. I mean, we had some really good races this year. Um, so uh, it's if it provides that at the, the circuits uh, that traditionally don't have a lot of degradation in the times, then uh, we're all for it. And, you know, just got to remember that the tyre is built to do that. It's built to wear out. Um, it's a strange thing you'd like to say because, I mean, theoretically we used to be able to sort of try and get tyres that would just last forever and go and go and go and go. Well, now we're doing the exact opposite. We want tyres to, you know, be pretty quick there for a, a certain period of time and then just fall off the cliff. So, you know, you've got to roll the strategy there where you whether you do push, um, you know, 10 tenths, or whether you sort of think, oh, well, I can go a couple of laps later here, then I've got, you know, a shorter period. So there's, there's lots of thought process come, come into it sort of thing as far as how they're going to play it out in the future. But the main thing is we've got to check the data, make sure it's what they want, get onto the factory, can you produce this in time, um, and then look at when the calendar comes out, um, what events are we going to use it at, you know, how soon are they going to be here, um, can the teams test on it before they they go to the first race meeting with it, all those type of things. So, as I say, there's a few hurdles to, to jump over yet before we uh, push the button on it. And windows for manufacturing are always one of your uh, one of your biggest hurdles. Have you got a Have you got a window open that will allow these tyres to get into the country and ready for when they're going to be called on first? Yeah, well, I've got a, um, a bit of a window there for January at the moment, um, which is what I'm targeting. Um, I've had hard tyre production already locked in for October, November. We've had two lots of soft tyre production locked in for December for, for two events, um, which can be the, you know for in the future because we can store them here in our warehouse. And then we go from there. So I've left January alone at the moment. Hopefully, if this works out okay, we can get some made up. And then depending on, because I haven't seen the calendar yet, it's like everybody else, you know. So depending on when other races are as to what, you know, what we're producing in February, March, April, that type of thing. So from production, um, it's around about sort of uh, six to seven to eight weeks uh, before the tyres arrive here. So, um, you know, we, we're probably looking, uh, if we can get this stuff into production early January sort of thing, that we're probably looking early March before they arrive. So um, that's sort of the, the, the timeline I'm working on at the moment. Um, we'll just have to keep our fingers crossed and uh, and see uh, what the calendar looks like when it comes out. I think it was mooted probably by yourself that Winton, Hidden Valley, Simmons Plains and Sandown would be where the super soft would be used. Yeah, that's the type of possibilities. They're just tracks that traditionally have low degradation. So um, it's just something if that's what they'd like to consider, um, that um, that's the, the possibly an option that they look at to, uh, uh, to use them at those circuits. It may be all of those circuits. It may be only one or two of those circuits. And I'll sort of roll the dice and say, well, you know, let's just have a bit of a look at this and, you know, don't put all the eggs in one basket in case it uh, doesn't particularly work the way 
the way they want it to, to be uh, um, ashamed to sort of have everything sitting here ready to go sort of thing and then find out it doesn't work, which is always awkward when you're trying to do things, uh, um, you know, when you're in-season testing and stuff like that, which is why it's good to be able to do things now. But, of course, uh, the weather we've got here at the moment is also very different to what we're going to have, say, in, you know, um, March, April, May. So it's, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things, testing is incredibly expensive. Um, it's very, very hard to get teams to, um, you know, uproot and go and do a test day and all that sort of thing and unload everything and get it all ready sort of thing and then do the test and pack it all up and go back home. It's, it's uh, you know, it's there's a lot of people involved and a lot of moving chess pieces to make all these type of things happen so the decisions aren't taken lightly. You know, it's something that uh, is uh, is really truly considered and very well thought through for the whole process. This year you used the soft and the hard tyres at places like Sydney Motorsport Park and you had a certain irrational amount of, and so there were the you know people using strategies. It's all different people winning, but you know rolling the dice and making it work. Um, do you see a scenario where the super soft could work with the soft tire? Um, back to backing them yesterday. There's not a massive amount of time difference in them. Um, yes, we're calling it a super soft at the moment. Everything. Um, just so it's a, it is a different tire to be identified as a different tire, but it's not a massive difference in time. Um, the main issue that we have in a lot of places in around the country at the moment, um, and it's, you know, it's a worldwide thing with motorsport, is the speed of the cars in pit lane. Uh, we've got a 40 kilometre an hour um, speed limit with, with our cars and everything, and the time from the entry line to the exit line is some places is actually quite long from the point of view of do you roll the dice and, you know, drive the car 10 tenths to get the extra speed and, and you know, try and get in. Now, we saw Craig Lowndes do that at uh, Barbagello um, oh, four or five years back, I guess it was now, um, where they rolled the dice and everything and he came, carved his way back through the field and um, and won the race, you know, like it just because they, they just took that chance. Perth's a very, very short pit lane. Um, a lot of the places we go to, you'd, you'd, just, you'd almost lose a lap in the, the distance of the pit lane trying to get into. And also, you know, you've got the safety of crews and um, the, the aprons themselves can be quite slippery uh, where the, the cars come in to actually do the stop and everything. So you you don't want people arriving like lunatics at, you know, 80 k's an hour sort of thing. You know, it's, it's that sort of uh, safety angle creeps into it. So that plays a part in the thought process of it as well. So the time difference between the two is not that great. It was just more a line of how long you could push, whether one tyre lasts 30 laps, the other one lasts 20. Um, so, you know, 60 to, you know, 90 kilometres sort of thing. So um, that's sort of the scenario we were going, we were looking for with this new tyre. It, it obviously, though, does offer that uh, extra strategy option, doesn't it? Having a, a, a super soft tyre there that uh, does have a different um, degradation. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. I mean, that's that's the type of thing that that may come up. Um, I know it's a hard sell for people to tell sponsors, you know, as to how you can possibly win one race and the next race you're twenty fourth because you use both your all eight of your soft tyres. So the soft hard thing just is is a hard sell. Um, and some guys love it. Some guys particularly, you know, hate it. <laughs> um, but it's um, it's that type of scenario that we've got to remind everybody uh, in the in the category and everything that you know we are in the entertainment business, and um, you know it's it's you know I just have a lot of thought went into how to make these these races work, and um, you know Sydney's a very very high deg track when they tried it the first time with um, the, the soft and the hard sort of deal, but the the soft tire wears out enough there that it's. Um, you know, it, it's, it provides the good racing and everything, but we just need to look at it for other venues, you know, whether it worked well. Some people loved it in Darwin, some didn't and everything. So um, it, there's, there's a, you know, a lot of people involved in the process at the moment of working out formats and you know, race distances and all that type of thing um, to lock it in. And that all comes into TV time and all that sort of stuff as, as well, you know. So um, there's lots and lots of work going on behind the scenes to sort of come up with a, what we hope is going to be a fantastic 20, 2021 Repco Supercars season. It's interesting too because uh, we're not going to race at Sydney Motorsports Park in the daytime in the foreseeable future and with no UV on the track, less temperature, Sydney Motorsport Park being the, uh, the, the benchmark at the moment for high deg, what's night racing going to do and will your tyre strategy have to be modified for what will be pure night races? 
Yeah, well, that's the thing, you know, depending on what time of the year we go there, um, you know, whether it's middle of the year or earlier in the year or, or things like that and everything. I mean, the, the surface at SMP is is uh, very, very low grip at the moment. It's it's considerably old and, and quite worn. Um, so that, that will always be the case. Um, but yes, you're quite right that the UV, that's probably the most affected track in the country by ultraviolet. Um, the grip level changes enormously when cloud cover comes over. Um, so that, that will come into it sort of thing. But that also may enter the thought process as to what the race distance there is too. Um, so if we stick with, say, for example, we stuck with the, the soft tyre there, um, the race distance may increase over what we had this year. It may not. I don't know. I'm not, in, not privy to those discussions and everything, but it's certainly something that would be taken into consideration if it is a night race that, um, yeah, you're quite right, the, uh, the difference is going to be notable there to what we've had in the past. I saw a very telling comment, uh, Jamie Wincup, um, saying that uh, it seems we're pointing in the right direction. Um, that that's a very telling comment uh, in very few words, but uh, says quite a lot, doesn't it? It does. You know, I was quite happy to see that and, and hear that from Jamie. You know, it's uh, it's you know he, he's very guarded with his words because he is on the commission. Of course, we all know that. Um, and you know, and uh, uh, Red Bull Holden Racing Team and uh, DJR Team Penske. You know, both cop a lot of flack from from the punters, sort of thing, um, saying about why are they the ones that do all the testing. Which at the end of the day, they're the homologation teams, so that's why um, the test needed to be done at uh, in in Queensland, where all the personnel are, as far as supercars, their truck, uh, all the the um, their data people and everything else like that. So yeah, a lot of cost stuff comes into it as well. But but that's it. But when you hear uh, someone with the credibility of uh, of Jamie and everything come out with a comment like that, it does uh, make you think like you've done the right job. <laughs> is the rubber compound? You said it's not much different from the soft, but is it a compound that's used on other tyres elsewhere in the world? Uh, no, it's 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 a chemical change. Our tyre is very much a, a natural rubber tyre as opposed to a synthetic tyre like a lot of um, out-and-out race tyres are now. Um, and that gives it its its broad um, working range. Its, um, its working window of this tyre is enormous compared to a lot of other things and everything, you know. So you, you hear um, whether it be F1 or other categories and, and everything else um, where they talk about graining when surfaces, uh, the tread surface doesn't suit the, ra- the race surface that you're driving on and you get what's called graining across the tyre, which is like a, a the rubber basically looks like it's a, a river flowing sort of thing. It um, gets all um, weird little squiggly lines in it and everything like that, which reduces the contact patch to the ground um, with a natural rubber tire, and that you don't have you don't have that because our tire works from sort of forty degrees up to a hundred and twenty degrees. Um, it, it's just that, that that's the thing, and, and that's where we sort of, um, in a certain way, we're suffering a little bit at the moment, um, purely because um, with the the aero the cars have got on them at the moment the front tires on the cars are actually getting up to sort of around the 140 150 degree mark um so we, we're sort of looking into that as well at the moment as to what we can do to assist to help help the cars pass a bit more but that's more of a gen 3 thing that we're looking at there um that's that's going to be a major development that one and it's also something that's very very hard to to simulate and um and on a racetrack unless you've got two cars literally following each other lap after lap after lap and everything so um it's something that we'll uh, We'll certainly yeah, we'll keep working on, but um, there's just so many different variables. But the natural rubber tyre, this this super soft tyre we've got now is a chemical change. It's not actually a, a rubber change or a construction change. And there's a lot of chemicals going to, to actually uh, making the tyre up and everything. So you can build wear resistance in with silica and things like that that help wet weather performance if the track was damp or whatever. But you can also adjust um, the, the wear rate as well. So um, it's all a, a weird science that um, the boffins get involved in and uh, and they've come up with something that, it, uh, as Jamie said, it's heading in the right direction. Am I right in thinking that's one of the reasons why these production windows that you are sweating on so much are critical? Because the rubber tyre has a different clean up and, and uh, you know, at the beginning and end of the process? 
Yep, that's exactly right. And like you know, it's just they've got to order materials in, and um, you know, it's just you know, it's there's a, there's a lot goes into the, the the actual build process and everything that needs to be done quite a, a long way in advance. They they order uh, quantities of, of of raw materials to to, to build the tyre, and uh, you can have them sitting there and that. But it's just um, you know, it looks like when you go to to Bunnings and get your your paint mixed and everything that you take up, and they just sort of punch it in the computer and it puts a dob of this and a bit of that in there, and bang, you've got your blue paint. You know, it's um, it's that type of thing. So, it, it's but the materials need to be on hand to be able to do that. So, um, there's there's still a, a bit to be done as far as um, once we know as to whether they can actually get their hands on the materials quick enough, how quick they can get them into production. Um, you know, I've tried to get my December production done reasonably early, and um, because when they uh, have a change of compound on that, they have a complete clean out of the uh, the Banbury that mixes the tyres right the way through to the, the moulds have got to be completely clean so there's no cross-contamination between the first, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40 tyres that go through it. Um, so it's all completely cleaned out and then it's all uh, away we go, sort of um, start from scratch again. So there's a fair bit to do uh, to, uh, to make this happen, but uh, fingers crossed it all works out. As uh, you're well aware, both Jamie and Will have been lifelong friends. I mean, uh, they went to school together, I think, Xavier, and uh, they've been great buddies ever since. So it's ideal, really, to have them along in a test with the two top teams of the last 10 years. Um, one question I have was relative to how we know that the cars uh, affect each other on the track. Did they do any close running at all, do you know? Following each other, not as far as I know. No, they um, they were um, on the individual programs. They they tend to do that um, at uh, a lot of the tests and everything else. We have one car on one tire, one car on the other, and then there's uh, um, a, a bit of a pause, and then they they go again. Um, each of them had three sets to to, to run, so you, you get a chance to sort of come in. The tests are done without a great deal of adjustment from one to the other, so it's basically exactly how. Um, uh, you know, exactly how you'd, you'd be in a race meeting sort of thing. So it'll be, you know, put the tyre on green and go out and drive it like you stole it sort of thing. So that's what um, was was Jamie was pushing pretty hard yesterday um, to get a bit of a feel, feel through for it. So, you know, it's just, um, you know, it's just, yeah, it's a very complicated process to how, how the things work out. But um, yeah, the good thing about it is the data doesn't lie. So, um, you know, it's, it was done that they were pretty much finished by uh, around about, 2.30 yesterday afternoon, so um, yeah, it was a very productive day. Was Adrian Burgess uh, uh, attending? Yes, Adrian was there and Campbell and the technical guys from Supercars, so uh, they were there as well as uh, all the hierarchies of both race teams, so um, it was a, you know, a very consorted effort to make sure this is right, so um, we'll, we'll come out with some really good information on it. With all the chopping and changing that went on this season, how did you manage your tyre banks? Was some of the decisions on formats actually having to be formulated because of what you had in the country and what you were able to get to the country? Mate, that was <laughs> this year has been uh, something to write a book on. I tell you, it's um, uh, yeah, it's 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 been crazy. You know, we we were sitting in hotels in places not knowing we were going to be the following week. And, and things that was it was quite crazy. So basically, in a nutshell, it just worked out that um, when we got shut down on the Friday of the Grand Prix, um, by that point of time, uh, even though it was mid uh, mid March or early March, um, we were ramped up right up to um, April's production. Like the, the it was too late to cancel April production, so that went ahead. By that stage, I'd had tyres produced for um, for um, October, November, December, January, February, March, and then the April one still to be produced. The only production that I had to still have made was the Bathurst tyres. So everything else was, was covered. I was able to cancel my uh, June production, the early June production, which would have covered Gold Coast and Newcastle events, which were both cancelled. So that worked out. So I was able to give um, Adrian and um, Paul Martin from Supercars a list of this is exactly what I've got in stock right now. This many softs, this many hards. Um, you know, New Zealand was going to be a 36-tyre round for um, for the hard tyre. So we are able to do three race meetings of, you know, three sets of tyres per car, for example, if, if that's what they went to. We used two in Sydney. We used two in Darwin. And then we had all the soft tyres there, which were at that stage because it was the first year of no tyre 
you know, used tyres going to the racetrack and everything. We had 32 tyres a car. So when we cut back to 28, um, that was another two, another set. So when you say a set of tyres for 24 cars, it's 96 tyres. So I had a massive amount of stock here. You know, we had 9,500 tyres or something rather here when we left on the 6th of July. So we had lots to play with. And luckily when the tyres arrived with me, I colour code them all. So um, it was quite easy for the guys that we, we left home here and everything to sort of say, righto, um, you know, I need 600 and 80 of the blues sent or 680 yellows or 680 reds um, loaded in the truck, in the containers. You know, we're using rail freight, um, so it actually worked out really well. So get them in the rail um, and, you know, ship um, two containers the first week to to, uh, Darwin and then half of those tyres out of the second container were for the following race meeting. But just so we didn't have um, space constraints and everything, the, the third container arrived the following week. And we did the same thing with Townsville. We did the same thing with the Bend, and it worked absolutely unbelievably. Um, I'm incredibly proud of the of my team that we we got everything done that we got done. Let alone all the all of the teams, you know, whether it be Queensland, but especially all the Victorian teams that were on ride. You know, our guys, for example, Aaron, myself, and Steve, we we left here on the sixth of July, returned home on the nineteenth of October, so we were away 106 nights. Um, it was an incredible experience, and I've been doing this for a long time, and I never in my wildest dreams thought you know, we'd do four race meetings in a row, um, let alone four race meetings in a row and being split by two and a half thousand kilometres <laughs> um, from Darwin to Townsville sort of thing to then turn around, have a weekend off, and then do two in Adelaide or the Bend. Um, that was mind-blowing, you know, um, six races in seven weeks sort of thing. It was um, an incredible experience, something I'm incredibly proud that we we got it done sort of thing, but just to watch the way the teams work together. You know, the, the workshop's been opened up in Queensland for people to go in and do, you know, preparation and crack testing and repairing bumper bars and body panels and doors and painting things and sign writing and um, the camaraderie amongst the teams. Yeah, sure, once that red the red light goes out at the end of pit lane at the first practice session, the next race meetings, are, all bets are off. But... Um, it was unbelievably and, you know, um, very humbling to sit back and see how everybody worked to make it, you know, and you know, whether it be drivers, engineers, everybody was in the same boat. Um, amazing. Absolutely mind-blowing, to be honest with you. You would have actually seen, as I did, the very first time evidence of this when we went to Shanghai. Do you remember that particular occurrence? I mean, I, I found it absolutely fantastic, the way in which all the teams all got on and helped, and it, it really was uh, – just well, it's obviously just a small amount of what you've seen through this year. Absolutely, yeah. You know, I clearly remember standing on the grid at Shanghai and Gary Rogers walking up to me and tapping me on the shoulder and said, "How proud do you feel?" Um, and he was right then. And by geez, you know, it's exactly how I feel now. You know, like uh, it's it's been incredible. It really, really has. And that just you know, the, the, to have you know the guys saying, you know, "What do you need?" But guys coming up to us and saying, "Is there anything you guys need?" You know, because usually it's you know teams to cars. You know, whether the the, the DJR team Penske guys were trying to help out, um, you know, the, the Kellys and stuff like that. We, you know, just the, the Mustang guys all helping each other in Tickford and, you know, they were using the time machine Tickford used at, at Kellys, which was, uh, sorry, at, um, at DJR, which was fantastic, you know, and, you know, they were based out at SeaWorld and that and then sort of right, well, went for a drive and you kind of, said, you know, like you guys going to fit everything in because they'd been out and bought mountain bikes and all these things, not thinking, hey, we've got to transport these. We're going to Darwin now. We, we didn't know where we were going after the Gold Coast, you know. So, you know, we threw some stuff in our truck and, um, you know, for Kelly's and they were sort of a bit overloaded because all of a sudden they're, they're keeping used tyres because we didn't know what we were going to have at Townsville. At that stage, we're going to be soft and hard or all soft or whatever. So, um, you know, we were carrying their bumper bars and everything because they had tyres, as weird as that sounds, you know. We had their front bars in our truck and, um, you know, we were carrying stuff for Tickford and just just everybody worked together, you know, and it was just nothing was a drama. You know, there was no – everybody was, you know, oh, yeah, we can do that for you, we can do this. And, and um, you know, it, it was just an incredibly um, – moving experience to actually see that and it actually worked out that on the Saturday a Bathurst I just happened to be talking to somebody in one of the garages and said you know we we should get organised here and get a photo of all of us together because you know come the Sunday a Bathurst the engines went silent um, everybody goes home and it's sort of a sudden it was all over it was a little bit weird and I sort of had a bit of a you know I get that similar when the when the Volvo finished there at um, at Homebush and everything the last time it went past and everything it was just like you know you're never going to hear that again and uh, 
you know, sort of thinking, you know, we're never, this is never going to happen. And these, these guys have sort of put a fair effort in here and everything. So I spoke to Mark Horsburgh and I sent a, a, a note off to the Supercars media team and that. And we teed it up. We got a photo from the podium looking down to all of us standing up in pit lane, all the guys that have been on the road. And that's going to be a very prized possession for a long time because uh, – it's uh, something I'm assuming I'm not going to forget for a long time. But uh, no, it was it was it was a good time. We we had some incredible laughs and um, some craziness that went on and everything like that. But um, no, I you know would I do it again? Absolutely, um, one of those things. But yeah, absolutely, definitely, hundred percent, I'd do it again. I know a, a number of the teams though had you know almost a survivor's guilt because you were able to have a different life than what family and friends were having back in the lockdown. Very true. Yeah, very, very true. Um, you know, guys with homeschooling and, you know, everything like, you know, partners being back here doing that and um, now everyone knows what teachers get, you know, they don't get paid enough. <laughs> so everyone's fully aware of that. But uh uh, you know, every time anybody got in front of a camera, you'd just sort of try and drop a message that, hey, we're thinking of you and that because absolutely um, we were lucky. We had some incredible experiences. You know, I've, I've been to Darwin 30 times and we got to do things up there that I've never done before because we had that weekend postponed and we were already at the track. We were we were halfway through marking the tyres when I got the call to say it had been postponed. I thought, well, what do we do now, you know? Um, so we got to do a lot of things there and in Townsville and in Adelaide, you know, back around my old stomping ground where I grew up, um, we got to catch up with people that normally you fly in, do the race meeting, fly out again. You don't necessarily get to catch up. You see your family but not your, your friends and your former work, work colleagues and that. And it was fantastic, you know. So from that point of view, but absolutely, you thought about everyone at home that's sitting there going, oh, you know, <laughs> we're stuck here. We can't go anywhere. And, you know, coming back to Melbourne and wearing masks and everything, it was all – um, you know, it just sort of had to the first couple of days, they had to sort of really think about it. All right, put a mask on the door handle of the house, put a mask on the door handle of the car, you know, don't forget your mask type of deal because it was, we weren't used to it, but they'd been here for so long. But, you know, this, this whole process is, is going to be very different to, you know, for so many things, the way we do things in the future, you know. So, uh, um, but uh, yeah, there was definitely 100%, there was, there was plenty of thoughts of uh, what's going on with the people at, at home, no doubt in the world about it. How much um, time did you actually spend on the road? You, you would have flown to uh, Darwin and to Townsville, um, but did you do any road trips at all? Um, the only real road trip as such that we did, we drove from um, Sydney to the Gold Coast. We hibernated on the Gold Coast until they worked out what we were going to do and where we were going to go once we left um, SMP because right around that time they are starting to get coast cases of COVID very close to the, the racetrack there in Sydney. So we all basically exited on the su- Sunday night, got up to Coffs Harbour um, and uh, and uh, headed up that way sort of thing, stayed there and then up to the Gold Coast because, as I said, we didn't know what we were going to do. So we drove up and then, yeah, we flew to Darwin, did the three weeks in Darwin and then over to Townsville. Um, but when we got to to Adelaide, we, um, we knew we were going to be there um, because we had the week weekend off bet- between Townsville and Adelaide, the weekend off between um, the Bend and um, and Bathurst sort of thing. So we knew we were going to be there for a while. So we looked at driving um, around that stage because we were hoping to be able to cut through Mildura to go to Bathurst and everything, but it didn't work out that way. So we ended up going 480 k's out of our way up through Broken Hill, um, through Cobar, into Parks, had a look at the dish and all that sort of stuff. So you're seeing parts of the country that, you know, you we haven't seen before so that was a you know a bit of a privilege sort of thing that we actually got to do that side of it did Bathurst and then drove home so that was really the only major road trip for us you know of course the truckies um got caught out when we were in Townsville to go to the bend they had to go back into the northern territory so they were back to three ways down through Alice Springs Cooper Pedy Port Augusta through Adelaide to the bend so um they weren't able to travel through um through New South so the, so the those teams that actually had to go back through that way for the Victorian teams. So, um, you know, there's, there's lots of lots of hard stories and everything else like that. But um, you know, it's um, it's something I'd certainly 
not relished doing again, but if uh, the fact is now you know you can do it. You know we can do four races in a in a row. You know um, there was some very tired looking race cars by the end of uh, Townsville. I give you the tip, but um, if you're prepared for it, yeah, you can do anything. And uh, it's an absolute credit to everybody involved in the entire series, from you know the administration thing right through to the teams to the suppliers to everybody. It was incredible. We got it done. You know, and the, I guess that's the thing you talked about using rail freight. Um, because the truck was already, you know, not coming back to base and using uh, the crew in a different way. Do you think that the back-to-back races, albeit you probably aren't going to go back-to-back at the same racetrack, but back-to-back at close enough venues is something that is achievable on an ongoing basis? Yeah, it it probably is. you know, I mean, you'd sort of certainly sit back and say, okay, you know, we were so lucky that there was um, no breakdowns of a transporter, for example. You know, we had a an incredibly tight schedule to get from Darwin to um, to Townsville. Uh, it's 20, I think it's 25 or 2,800 kilometres. Um, so it was, you know, with going through towns and things, it was around about 30 hours driving or thereabouts. Um, guys worked all day Sunday, so they can't, couldn't leave until five o'clock on Monday morning. And then we had to be in at the circuit parked up by 10 o'clock on Wednesday. So you can't afford to have a mechanical problem with your truck or, you know, God forbid, a flat tyre. Um, you know, that type of thing. And the guys will travel together. They will help each other. Once again, as I say, once the, the, the racetrack stops and the trucks are loaded and everything, all the truckies get along really, really well and, and, and work as a group sort of thing. So they, they travel together. Um, and so but that that side of thing, it just throws an element that you, you wouldn't want to be caught out with. But, you know, we, we were lucky we got it done this time. In the future, I mean, you know, we've, we've done events before where we've done Darwin, then a, a Wakefield Park for a Conica series back in 2002, I think it was. We did Perth and then a, a Wakefield Park Conica series or Sydney Motorsport Park. Um, so you can do them back-to-back and everything. But, um, you know, we, you know, God forbid, we had a de- if we had a derailment or, or something like that, it's just a spanner in the works that you can't react to in, in two days, whereas if it's 10 days, you've got a bit more time to, to do things, you know. So um, it, it's certainly something that could be probably looked at, but, um, you know, it's not just the teams and everything. You know, there's so much TV stuff to pack up. Um, the, the team's catering area has got to be packed up, pulled down the following day and transported and reassembled and um, that, that type of scenario, you know. So there's there's lots of other things other than race cars and teams that get involved in this stuff. You know, we, with our gear, we could send the truck and I could just have the freight ready to go and send it over on the train, no problem. You know, we, we could do that. Um, but, um, yeah, if it, you know, there's a hiccup with the, the, the TV broadcast side of things or something like that, then, yeah, it's a problem, you know. So I think it's something they'd probably avoid if they, if they could, but, um, you know, never say never. Well, of course, we uh, well know the expression that um, it's not uh, good luck, it's good management that gets us there, so I'm a great believer in that. The other expression that I'd like to just briefly talk to you about, and what I'm sure you will have well heard, was a Winston Churchill line, never waste a crisis. Um, It would seem to me, Kevin, and you're the one who was there doing it, that there people have grown legs all over this country, but particularly so... In, in a show like uh, Supercars, in one like the AFL, NRL, people have done things that may not have been considered in the past. But out of it all, there are an enormous number of pluses, aren't there? Can you tell us something about the way in which you've operated in that way? Oh, absolutely. There's going to be, uh, you know, everyone said, oh, it'll be a different world when we come out of this. Well, we're slowly coming out of it, but it's, it's certainly going to be different. And, you know, whether it be working from home, I mean, um, you know, from our company point of view, from from Goodyear Dunlop, we um, we've got a massive amount of people who are still working for home, and productivity's gone through the roof. Um, so that type of scenario may continue on. the The days of flying interstate for a three hour race meet, a uh, three hour race meet, three hour meeting, um, they're gone. They those that's, those days are gone, and everything with you know Zoom and Microsoft Teams and all these things and. And, you know, all this sort of stuff, it's it's certainly going to be different. People have got to be a lot smarter about the way they spend money corporately, um, you know, just in, in functionality of, of how offices work and everything. But um, absolutely, it, it's uh, it's going to be uh, a very, very different um, 
future for a lot of businesses and everything and you know big companies and everything that are spending a fortune on on massive office buildings and things like this and everything where um there'll be you know not so much the job sharing and everything but you know maybe it's going to be a three days one week two days the next that you're in the office and the rest of the time you are working from home and um, you've only got to sit on the, the Monash Freeway or the M4 in, you know, here in Melbourne or the M4 in Sydney or the M1 in Brisbane or something like that. You know, the, the, the travel time and everything can get to you, you know. So if, uh, you know, you can start start at work at home and, and uh, work in the home environment and everything, I think that's going to be a, a thing that will definitely roll forward from here. You know, I can sort of see that happening. But, um, you know, we've always had a, a can-do attitude and, and now it's it's been proven, you know, we you just got to think outside the box and make it happen. And that's certainly uh, in supercars world and the AFL and the NRL, it's exactly 100% what happened, you know. Not ideal, but we got the job done. One of the things that uh, I always remember about you, Kevin, was uh, a, a captain can-do sort of a bloke. Um, and that was the self-catering. Um, did you have to do much of that? Were you in charge of the barbecue or the, the uh, pie warmer or any of those other devices? <laughs> well, funnily enough, we the the catering side of things, it got to the stage where we had to eat in the garages and everything. So um, the, um, the hotel... Um, situation, you'd leave, you'd leave the track, you'd come to the, you'd, the, you'd come to the track, you'd have, you know, wheat picks or toast or whatever you're going to, you have, you have your cereal or something or other, and there's brekkie done. So no different to what you'd do at home, you know. So that's okay. And, you know, you're going to make a sandwich for lunch, okay? No problems. Clean the bench off over here and make yourself a sandwich. You know, the the bread and the meats in the in the oven. So a lot of it did that, but you know, they had to be um, COVID safe with. You know, pie warmers. There's a couple of teams had pie warmers and everything else like that. So you'd get your pie, you'd have to make sure you either had a glove on or you wiped it down, you got your pie. It just all of that sort of stuff, it was all weird. You know, the, the Sydney Motorsport Park event after the, the exodus out of Melbourne on the 6th of July, when that first one, and everyone had to wear masks and you couldn't go into the, anybody else's garage. And you walk out the, the back of the garages between the trucks and you look down and there was nobody. It was just the weirdest experience and then no crowd, let alone that. You know, it was very, very odd. Um, so there's a lot of things. Um, we did really well. We bought an air fryer and a um, little small um, electric barbie, like a giant fry pan basically, but a little small electric barbie, and that um, served us incredibly well. So um, uh, that was a, a bit of a bonus. So uh, we'll have that in the truck for next year, look after ourselves continually. <laughs> It, it's been fascinating what's happened since uh, I last saw you at Bathurst there. And being a proud man from Adelaide, what has been your reaction to uh, the decision not to have the Superloop 500 anymore? Mate, I was gutted. Um, apart from the fact it was a trip home to catch up with the family and friends, <laughs> Um uh, you know, people used to say to me all the time, you know, oh, you've been around a while, what's your favourite What's your favorite event, what's your favourite event? Hands down, it was Adelaide. No, not my favourite racetrack, but it was my favourite event um, because it was a, an event, you know, it was uh, a lot of history. Um, bitterly disappointed, you know, it was, um, I was stunned at first. I, I had to read it three or four times going, like, are you kidding me? And then I had phones started ringing from people over there going, have you heard the news? Like, Mate, I can't believe this. You know, it's, uh, yeah, it's an institution, but um, they've made the decision. They've got to live with it. Um, but, you know, the government over there, I, I don't understand, and the, the reasoning behind it certainly doesn't add up um, to uh, to my way of thinking sort of thing, the, the cost of assembling the track to what it brought in for you know, the, the economy and the people, but, you know, when you see the likes of the comments that Murray Walker came out with, you know, and um, everything, but, yeah, absolutely gutted. I really was, but, you know, um, let's keep our fingers crossed and hope one day we get back there. And once again, you don't appreciate what you've got until you haven't got it. So, yeah. and I think that'll be the case. Yeah, exactly. I was interested because you're in the, the first year of a brand new long-term tyre supply deal. When a Premier of a state comes out and says the interest in motorsport's waning and, you know, there's just not that many people that want to come to an event like the uh, Adelaide 500, what do you say from, and more particularly your bosses say, when those sort of arguments are made considering you've just done this very big deal for the sport for, I um, think it's five years. Yeah, that's right. It's a five-year deal. So, uh, you know, like they uh, 
uh, they uh, they certainly made the, those comments at motorsports waning, but it's also the same people that made a comment that Adelaide was the only street race this year. So I don't know what they thought about Townsville and Bathurst, but anyway, um, <laughs> that's just another story. But um, you know, yeah, I mean, it's they they believe that whether it's the the tourism commission that come up with that theory that the, the motorsports waning and everything that you know people weren't coming, but you look at uh, the crowd figures they were comparing it to a couple of years ago. You had Robbie Williams as the concert. One night you had Red Hot Chili Peppers the following year as a concert sort of thing, and that and this year was Hilltop Hoods. So not knocking Hilltop Hoods, but um, the drawing power of a Robbie Williams or the Red Hot Chili Peppers is a damn sight more for the event, and that's what we've got to remember. It's it's the event that, that draws the people, you know, and the event encapsulates whether it be the concert, whether it be the tractor pull that was over the back, the motocross circuit, the the Superloop 500, um, those type of things, people went to that event for different reasons. Um, and and that's that's the whole package and that's the thing. It's um, You're not comparing apples with apples is always one of my favourite sayings. And um, that uh, that argument that was put forward certainly wasn't comparing apples with apples. No, and eight weeks of rampant fires over the Christmas oh, New Year period. You know, that's and it was got 40 degrees every day. <laughs> You know, um, it was bloody hot. It was bloody hot there this year. So, um, you know, all those type of things. And, uh, yeah, it's um, – yeah, anyway, it's just hope, as I say, that they may uh, they may come back and, um, and uh, you know, either not so much reverse the decision, but certainly uh, a decision may be made to uh, to, uh, you know, reinstate it would be wonderful. Now – is there a risk with a super soft tyre completing the loop of this conversation the first time a driver comes out and says, these damn tyres fell off the cliff after five laps, that everything that you're trying to establish gets pulled down by a wayward comment on a TV broadcast? Oh, look, it's it's one of those things, you know, I, I've – um, I've been around long enough now to realise that uh, the thing is that the, the benefit it will be is um, we we will have you know two and or three practice sessions um, on the tyre beforehand, um, so we, we'd get a handle on it pretty quick. Um, whether we went down the scenario of um, an additional set for the first event, for example, so they had three sets. You know, if I can use the example of um, the bend. Uh, first event this year, we had a lot of tyres blister on several teams and it was like both cars in the teams or uh, things like that. You know, some teams had no problems at all. Other teams, as in their two cars, both had a blistered left rear, um, some blistered both rears, that type of scenario. In those practice sessions leading up to that, not one car had done a race run. So that that's the message that was drummed into every single team after that. You know, have a look at your practice laps here, in, out, in, out, in, out, two laps, in, out, two laps, in, out, three laps, in, out. This type of scenario, nobody went out there and said, right, I'm going to go out and do 15 laps, then come back in and we'll talk to you. You know, that sometimes used to happen a lot. Nowadays, it's just this thing of we've got to play with the car all the time, you know, and that's what I kept saying. Why have you got to keep playing it? Did you, did you think you left your workshop after it had been on your – your scales and, and, and everything was, was happy. You came here with what you thought was a demon setup, and they were, well, yeah, yeah, we thought that was right. Yeah, okay, so why now are you, look at this, you know, you, in a half-hour practice session, you, you pitted six times. You know what I mean? And it's sort of like you can see them, the cogs are turning going, oh, shit, he's right. <laughs> so it's that type of thing. You know, it's just it's just that thing that they've got to sit down. And whether you sit back with one of your, your – um, uh, cars, you say, right, oh, this weekend you're going out to do the race run the first 20 minutes of the practice session. You're going to go out and do you know, lap after lap after lap to get a handle on it. And I think having a, a brand new tyre or something like that, I'll just jog all their memories with all that sort of stuff and say, right, oh, this is you know, this is what you need to be looking at sort of thing. So we'll just head down that path, I think. But um, it was very interesting. And, you know, once it was pointed out at the bend, it was yellow. Yeah, right, there you go. <laughs> that's, uh, that's that's the facts. You know, the facts are that nobody did a race run there, you know. And back, if you remember, back when we went there on the test day prior to the Superloop 500 in Adelaide this year, we went to the, the bend. Everybody was given a set of tyres that they had to use and give back to me. They weren't allowed to keep them. So it was a set of brand-new tyres that they were designed to run, and there was um, 15 cars that only did a qualifying run and then gave me the tyres back. 
and there was the teams that had a really good weekend at the bend when we went back there this year um, that uh, had, had done race runs on them. So uh, they, they learned a lot. There's a couple of them that did race runs and didn't learn a lot, but anyway, we'll just sort of go from there. But that, that was that was telling, and that was quite quite warm there, bearing in mind at that point of time before COVID, we were heading back there to do a 500k race in September, and everyone's theory was, oh, the track will be cooler. Um, but that track generates massive heat, massive surface heat, so that triple right-hander and everything, as was proven the following weekend when we were in the other circuit and we didn't have any blistering at all. So... Um, our tyre was the same. There wasn't a massive change in the car setups and that, but we didn't have one issue with the tyres the following weekend. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting that um, you can trick yourself sometimes when you know, they have the opportunity to do a lot of testing there. And uh, as I say, there was uh, very few people that did a did an actual r- race run. They did, just did a quick quality, quality run, two or three laps, and then parked it. So, but um, yeah, at, at the time, it was the first time with a new um, control shock absorbers as well, so they were more interested in playing with that. So, uh, um, but we'll go back there, um, twenty twenty one, and uh, see what uh, see what happens tire wise. Hopefully, we'll be on the uh, the big circuit again and um, we'll have some fun. Well, Kevin, I'm sure that there's an awful lot of people who've learnt from you as much as they've learnt from themselves and their own testing of the the tires. Thank you very much for giving us a rundown not only on uh, the tyre test, the super soft test, but also on your year in 2020. It's, uh, uh, you've done a remarkable job, um, you and the, the Dunlop, uh, your tyres, the uh, factory back in Japan. Um, congratulations on the year you've had. Um, I, I'd like to say, although I know you're a proud South Australian, that uh, you'd be pretty proud of what's happened in Victoria here because while you're away, that there were some dreadful things occurring. And then one thing that's happened is this, you know, day 18 now of double zeros. Um, it's an extraordinary thing. It's just a demonstration of people apply themselves by cracking. They can get a lot of things done, can't they? Exactly right. Yeah, can do. Absolutely right. Yep. Uh, we uh, hopefully will keep that uh those donuts ticking over and um, yeah with a bit of luck they can get a hold of this one that's in, in Adelaide at the moment and uh, we can all have a good Christmas God we deserve it <laughs> well thank you very much to Kevin Fitzsimmons for joining us on the Inside Supercars the operations manager of Dunlop who have done a fantastic job in 2020 and we look forward to catching up with you in 2021 thank you Kevin enjoy it all yeah and uh, hope all you listeners have a safe and happy Christmas as well and uh, let's rock on to 2021 and have a, have a COVID free and uh, enjoyable year Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media tune in next time for more Or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device, search Inside Supercars. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited.